Welcome to the Life Way Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside John Paul Basham. Yo. And brand new to some of you, uh, not the first episode that Julie has been in, but um, just like churches, not everybody shows up every time, right? So if you didn't listen to last episode, uh, then you missed Julie's first one. So uh, Julie Plunk is with us now on the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. Julie, we're excited Hello. you're here. Yeah, thanks. Do you want to say, uh, do we want to just say, hey, go back and listen to the other one to find out about Julie? Yeah. You, I think you could just introduce yourself in a completely different way this time. Yes. Yes. By oh, giving let's us do that. your Enneagram number okay. and what Ooh. that tells people about you. Yes. Okay. Yes. I am a three on the Enneagram. Oh. Yes. I, I know. Do. Woof. Um, Woof. Uh, <laughs> Some people really don't like threes, so I have to be careful. Uh, All three of us are threes. So y'all yeah. know some people don't like threes. Yeah. Yes, there are people that do not like me. I, there yeah. are there are plenty that don't like <laughs> me. There are people here, though, on our team that are trying to convince me I'm an eight. Oh, okay. But I don't I know. I see that. Nathan kind of wavers. Goes back Producer Nathan, sorry. Producer name. Uh, so anyway, well, you can go resonate ahead. with so many different numbers. So, but yeah, I I resonate with a three. I got a two wing, so I I have that nice side too to me, which is great. Uh the three two is that that one's called the charmer or something like that. Is the, that what that's called? Uh, achiever. Achiever. No, I can see achiever. Okay. But yeah, I'm pretty strong willed. I'm definitely driven by goal setting and. Uh, we talked in the last episode about how different I am than my husband, and he thinks before he acts. Sometimes he thinks he's a six, so he thinks so long about stuff. <laughs> Does I'm it like, bother you? God, make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm the opposite. I drive him crazy because I act before I think sometimes. Uh-huh. And he's like, Julie, take a minute and think about this. So, yeah, a little insight into our marriage, but yeah. Three wing two. Well, yeah. we're super pumped that you are a part of the podcast with us. The three wing two is the enchanter. The enchanter. That's I just looked that okay. up too. Yeah. yeah. So a little uh, feels a little magical. Yeah. Google coming in strong. Okay. Um. What? Uh, as we start off the podcast, just a quick reminder: go leave a rating and review for us. That helps us know what you think of the podcast. It helps us know how we can improve the podcast to better serve you guys. Uh, as well as um, leave the stars. So both words and stars help other people find the podcast as well. And then if you hit the subscribe button while you're there, hit it. You can have us delivered uh, to you every time we release a new episode. So like uh, Grubhub or something. Yeah. Podcast Hub. Okay. So have you used DoorDash? No, I haven't. Julie? Oh, yeah. I love that thing. It's so it's good. It's dangerous, We've man. used it for Taco Bell. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> how desperate we were. I love Taco Bell. Man, it's such good. It's just so good. After you it put is. those kids down and you're like, man, I want a quesadilla and some of those Dorito <laughs> tacos. You know the little the little taquitos that they have yes. now? What are they called? Chicken roll-ups uh-huh. or something yes. like that? Yeah, yeah. it those. is totally just a taquito. Yeah. I think those are Are they are so amazing. good? I've never tried yeah. them. Are they small? No, they're, they're like, long. I mean, it really is a taquito. Okay, like, so. They just, you know, bought the ones from Chicken Kroger, Roll-up. it feels like, and put it in a taco <laughs> bell They sack. bought the Deli Max <laughs> taquitos <laughs> and just changed them to chicken roll-ups. Yeah. I love that double-decker taco. Oh, yeah. Soft taco, beans wrapped around a hard taco. <laughs> Woo! So we ordered on Grubhub, 
for the first time the other day. Is that delivery? Yeah. Okay, so same kind of deal. And our order didn't show up. And it said that someone was picking up the order. And so then we called the restaurant. Like, did anybody pick up the order? And they're like, no, it's here for you. And and this was at a burrito place. And so at this point, like, I had nachos. Crystal had burritos. The boys had quesadillas. And we're like, the food is not good anymore. Just soggy. Yeah. And then somehow the Grubhub person's like, well, you didn't. Uh, choose this for delivery. Somehow Crystal didn't choose for delivery. And I was like, but you're a delivery service. <laughs> That's all they do. What other option is Why it? would I call you <laughs> for me just... to place an order to go pick up? <laughs> you, you wouldn't. No I one said would it do that. just like that to him too. <laughs> He's like, well, it's an option on our website. And I was like, you should change it. <laughs> so... What was the Grubhub role in this situation? No idea. <laughs> this the facilitator uh, of the order. Yeah. The you can man. call them an order or you can call us an order and we'll tell them your order and then you can go pick it up. <laughs> Which is the worst. So we're just adding what a, a middleman in communication and getting it wrong in the process. And ticking you off. Oh. So he was like, I can give you a discount. I was like, don't bother. <laughs> what did you do? I went and picked up. An hour old nacho. Yeah. Just soggy nacho. Oh. Yeah. We turned on the oven. The You know, my boys are like, Daddy, it. I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, You're have some peanut one. butter pretzels. I'll be back in a minute with a soggy quesadilla. <laughs> That's great. Man, we did DoorDash. Kristen was out of town one time, and this is the first time we used it. And we, we did it, and now, like, my kids – their eyes have been opened to this world, and uh, quite honestly, mine too. Mm. I'm like, man, this is this is gonna get me in trouble. Trying to get me in trouble. Just, <laughs> I think the best the, the best delivery service is Instacart, though. We use oh, Instacart for that. our yes. groceries. Yes, so easy, so worth the money. It's not even that expensive. No, so worth the money. I don't have to leave my home. Within two hours, all of my groceries are on my doorstep. The only thing that can get annoying there is when they substitute something. They always text me, te- text me, and ask my permission beforehand. Most of the time, they do that for okay. us too. They're supposed to. Yeah. But we've had some of them, like you know, we Crystal ordered like a pumpkin roll one time, and uh-huh. they just brought us some like really vanilla thick ice cream or wheat something. bread. You know, oh. like, <laughs> not the same. No, this wasn't even close. Like, yeah. I don't know what you. I, I was thinking never some kind of, of dessert yeah. when you said pumpkin roll. <laughs> no, what is that? It was like a 49 grain wheat bread <laughs> that my boys were like, this, this nah, I can't <laughs> eat this. Like seeds. I don't taste the pumpkin. Crusted in seeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No, it was just like a pumpkin bread. That's okay. what it was. Hmm. And they just said, yeah, oh, we'll just same. switch it up for wheat. It's like, no, just. Don't buy anything in the. P- we don't have that one, sir. It's not. They don't have that. So do they? Say. Do they pick up from any grocery store? Mm-hmm. It um, depends no. on where you're located. So like okay. where where we live, we can do Aldi, Kroger, Walmart, or Publix. So okay. we do Aldi. And, and I think they're adding Costco and Oh Spring mm. Hill. That's good. So they just go and shop for you and then bring it to your house. And it's within two hours. Wow. It's delivered. And it'll tell you your. A person is shopping right now, and then it'll tell you like as they get stuff, like they're almost done, or they yeah, yeah. And you can request like I request the same shopper, so I found one that oh, I really we liked. Don't do that. 
oh yeah i've just found one that i really like and so she's like awesome so yeah man there's going to be a day soon where you don't even have to leave your home mm-hmm. i submit that it is today if you didn't want to it's true well you can order your groceries from instacart and have them delivered you can order any kind of restaurant food from DoorDash. Yeah. You can do prescriptions now. Delivered. We've done that. You can do have prescriptions. Have you ever done the prescription where you just call and, and they'll they prescribe? Just well, I guess you, they don't deliver it, but they you don't have to go to the doctor. So that's okay, like but yeah, huge. I've done the online doctor visit. Yeah. yeah. You can order all of your Bible study and church resource needs from LifeWay.com. Yeah. And they'll come straight to you. Yes. Yep. Yes. Speaking Anything of. from Amazon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gospel Project is going into the New Testament this spring. We see lives radically transformed by the presence of Jesus in the flesh. As students walk through the stories of Jesus' relationships, they'll learn that they, too, can find hope through a personal relationship with him. Because he came and because he is God, he knows our struggles and offers something no other relationship can. In Jesus, hope gets personal. Join us as the Gospel Project journeys into the New Testament this spring. Learn more at gospelproject.com slash NT. There it is. There's <laughs> something you can order. That's right. You can order that. All right. So into the topic of the day. You are listening to this in the new year, and uh, before you hit the power button, the stop button, the move to another podcast button, uh, this is not just going to be another one of those in the new year, focus on these things podcast. Though that's kind of the flavor of it, we wanted to take it a little bit different angle this time. So here's a possible scenario in reality, that there were some things lingering You went into Christmas break. There were some really difficult things that were still hanging out there, maybe even from a few months into the fall. A difficult relationship, a difficult situation at the church. And instead of dealing with it in the moment, it became one of those things that was, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that later. I'll address that later. And here we are at the start of the new year. And our encouragement to you through this podcast is that this is the perfect time to deal with the leftover difficult things right away. And, and let's, not, let's not continue to hold on to, whether it's negative or just difficult, let's not hold on to those throughout this entire year. Yeah, and I think that's something that is easy to do relationship-wise, just talking about you have a difficult relationship with a parent of a student or a staff member that's not directly involved in student, student ministry world. It's easy to just say, I don't have time for that. I'm just going to do these other things and kind of justify your neglect of that difficult scenario or troubled relationship because of all the other things you have to, you have to do. When, when really you know that it's something that you need to deal with. And letting those things fester will affect long-term. Not addressing those things is going to affect long-term. And as believers, we are called to be united. And so specific, specifically in that, in that circumstance, mm-hmm. I think the Scripture is very clear that we're supposed to seek one another out in in those things and the church world i mean you just have to acknowledge there's um there's a uh, 
an evil presence that we know is always there and is always going to try to disrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always going to try to divide us and to divide our efforts and to divert our attention from the places that it needs to be. And so one of the things that we have to be vigilant in is uh, our stewardship of those relationships mm-hmm. around us and how we're interacting and how we're how we are at least doing everything in our own power to love the people around us mm-hmm. and to lead people to the throne of Jesus. And what someone else's response is, um, is not necessarily in your control. Um, but your attitude and your actions are within your control and you, and you're accountable to those things. Mm-hmm. And so that's something, you know, this may have lingered from the fall. This may have lingered from for, for three years, you know, mm-hmm. I think the timing of this is really perfect, too, because hopefully you've just come off of Christmas break and you're rested and you've been refreshed, hopefully spiritually and emotionally and physically. So you're in the in the best state that you could be going into maybe a typically difficult conversation and having those right the beginning before you get into your long task list for the spring and the denouns and the planning of the camp and all the things going ahead and doing that now where you're in a really good place, that conversation's going to probably go a lot smoother versus it's March and I'm super stressed and my kids are super stressed. And now I'm having this conversation. I think that is such a great point because of the personal health Mm -hmm. side of that entering into a difficult or negative or hard conversation or just task. It may not involve another person necessarily, but it's just a difficult task that has been pushed from day to day to day to day to week to week to week to month on your to-do list and coming after coming after the break. And it's probably, if it is involve another person, it probably has given them an opportunity to have a little space too. And maybe that provides both parties to come back and really approach this from a healthy way instead of in the middle of it. Here's what I do know. Uh, it's probably going to be awkward because it's been something that's put off. Again, regardless of what the situation is, whether it's difficult conversation or difficult task, it's going to be awkward because it's been put off, but this is the right time of year to jump in and do it. We have, uh, you've heard us talk before about our friends at Student Leadership University with Jay Strack and Brent Crow and Jeff Wallace and those guys. Uh, do awesome ministry. And one of the principles they teach in their leadership program uh, is swallow the big frog first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that comes from a Mark Twain quote. Uh, he supposedly once said that if you eat a live frog first thing in the morning, you know that the rest of your day will be better because the worst is behind you. <laughs> I've ne- <laughs> wow. I have never done that in reality, though metaphorically have. And when there's something out there that we just don't want to do, we tend to push it away. Mm. And I think the principle here is right on the money. If I just get this out of the way, if I go ahead and eat the frog, then it's going to be golden from this point on. I've already done the worst thing of my day. So let me ask you this. Uh, In some circumstances, you know what the frog is or who the frog is. (laughs) Is <laughs> right, but you've been putting it off because you don't know how to go about it, and so a lot of times it's you know it, 
my experience has been there have been times in my life where it's like I want to address it. Yeah. But you start to think about it. It's like I don't know how you get frustrated or or anxious over how it's going to go, and then it's like I, I still don't have time to to address this, to approach it, you know? So let's say we have an audience of listeners that have a frog in front of them, but they don't know how to get at it. How do you take steps toward making sure that you, that you knock that thing out, no matter how awkward, no matter how difficult, no matter how complex or nuanced it might be? Yeah, I think one way is just to write, like get a notepad and just write it down. Here's my frog. Here are all of the ways that I could swallow it. Swallow. Yeah. Take bites. Here are the ways that I can get <laughs> at the frog. <laughs> but that, that's the that's the path, I think, is is one way to approach it. It's just to say, okay, I have this really difficult thing that's out here. Here are some ways that I could handle this. Mm-hmm. And write those ways down. And this is like your your old school positives and negatives column, right? Mm-hmm. And Person just comes. evaluate. Here's how I can get at this. And then go back to each one of those bites that you can take and say, okay, how does the Bible... Like one could be, man, I just write this person off and ignore it and kick them out of my life or ministry. And that would kind of solve my problem in it in this moment. But then when you come back and look at those bites and say, okay, how does the Bible influence me taking this action or not? Then you can cross some off probably pretty quickly. Um, And then from there, hopefully you get to a narrowed down list of options that you can just pick from. Yeah. I think getting some accountability in it is also really helpful because I know I can put off some stuff for a long, difficult things that make me uncomfortable or that I think is going to make someone else uncomfortable. I can put it off, but even sharing with a trusted person or sharing with Brady, I don't even, you don't even have to share specifics necessarily, but just someone that I know I'm going to be asked about it later. Have you done this? That'll drive me to mm. make some decisions real quick and go yeah. and have that conversation. And yeah. Have you found that it's always worse later? Like when you, when you put something off, because of the way it makes us feel Mm. that dealing with it later is actually, it feels worse than just going ahead and getting it done in the moment. Yeah. And it always feels better to have it done too. You know, like why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't I just go ahead and do this? Yeah. It's pretty, it it almost always, I feel ridiculous for not having Mm -hmm. just launched in before I did. Mm -hmm. One thing that came to mind when, when you were talking, Ben, was that in the case that it's a relationship thing, because, man, if there's a you've been putting off your, you know, really writing down some steps for your discipleship strategy or for, you know, whatever those things, while maybe could feel daunting because of whatever systems are in place in your church or whatever, like there's a lot of details to figure out. There's not necessarily any kind of emotional risk there. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like a I just have to do it. Yeah. When it comes to a relationship, like maybe your relationship with, if you have an executive pastor, you know, or whoever your your direct report is, if that is broken, I do think it's important to pray through 
and write down those things and try to come up with them with an approach. Sometimes the relationship is just broken to the point that it's like, man, I don't, I can write down a list of things to do. I don't know how it's going to be received. I don't like communication is not in place. It's okay to just go to a person and say, I don't know how to fix this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But our relationship's broken and I'm convicted that it needs to be fixed. And so I'm willing to do whatever it will take for that relationship to be fixed. And then I think the emotional vulnerability comes in that you need to be okay whether or not they're in that same place as you are. You, uh, the vulnerability word is you just used it <laughs> as you were talking. That's the word that came to my mind because that, man, that does put you in a place where you are vulnerable, mm-hmm. where you, you have to be willing to do it. We talked about maintenance counseling in the last episode. <laughs> that That's a good thing that uh, to go along with, with getting you to a place where you are vulnerable enough to have this conversation. But yeah, just the recognition of that. And some of you, when you heard John Paul use the example of the executive pastor, you thought of your supervisor. And right now, like you're thinking, I don't know if I could ever do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm in a place because to do that, that, in that vulnerability, there's a certain level of trust that you have to have for the other person too. Mm-hmm. That it's going to be handled in a way that that doesn't just crush you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I think there's another side of it. Like, yeah, you, you want to be able to trust that they're going to handle it correctly. But I think more for this conversation, it's like, man, re- resolve this year to do what you know is right. Yeah. for you, you know, and so there's some, sometimes it's just like rip the bandaid off, you know, yeah. just, you just w- walk in there to whatever the situation is and do what you know you are supposed to do. Yeah. You're only responsible for what your actions yeah, are. Yeah, that's right. Well, and when y'all were talking about vulnerability, I think vulnerability and humility usually go hand in hand or or could go hand in hand Mm -hmm. together. So I think as you're being really vulnerable, I know when I'm having to have a conversation about a relationship or a person, I always try to reemphasize Philippians two in my mind and just praying over that scripture beforehand. If you're presenting yourself in a humble servant hearted way, that's all you're responsible for. Like you said, you're not responsible for how it's taken, you know, you're only responsible for your own actions and what the Lord's, pushed and called you to do so and so then so then i guess the caution on the other side of that is not to walk in like some you may know (laughs) how it's going to be received Mm. you know and so the danger is well i did my part you know and peace i've been humble (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) but really approaching that approaching that the right way Mm -hmm. that those are not the only hard things though that you may need to resolve to do that's one piece of the equation um, what would y'all think are some other big frog, common big frogs for a youth ministry worker? I think one is just giving time, more on the task side of things, giving time to some tasks that you haven't given time to, that you've continued to push off. Specifically, John Paul, we were having a conversation the other day uh, and you were talking about the time that it takes to truly innovate in your work. And yeah. I think that's something that is a hard task in ministry. 
we're here at the beginning of the new year. Chances are there are a lot of ministries out there that have just kind of said, what did we do last year? That's what we're going to do this year, but with a few extra tweaks to it. But I think right now in this season, taking the time to set aside and get into the hard work of innovating, thinking creatively, what's something new that we can do in our community to reach people, to disciple teenagers, to minister to the family, and just come up with new, not a templated ministry. And I think there are a lot of people that never get to that point. It's not because they don't want to. It's just time and hard work and the template's easy and we're all busy. And so that's one I would identify that says, this is the perfect time to do it. For reasons Julie mentioned a minute ago, there's probably a freshness to you now versus three months ago that you can take advantage of and get in a mind for innovation. One that comes to mind for me is leader care slash leader training. And so what have you done to really build a Mm -hmm. community of care, a culture of care for the leaders that have said, I'm going to run arm in arm with you to disciple the students that God has brought to our ministry. A lot of times we just, we say, thanks for coming, and we plug them into spots, mm-hmm. and then everybody like runs their own direction, and that's something that can often be neglected, and the result is that leaders feel neglected. And so taking time to think through how am I loving and caring for and developing and discipling my leaders, and then kind of moving from the discipleship point into leader training. And this is something we saw in our research that doesn't happen as often as we would like to think that it may happen. Um, Really teaching your leaders how to love students Mm. and how to Mm -hmm. ask good questions and how to lead Bible study environments, how to care for students, how um, how to get involved with a student's family uh, in the right way and to, to, to get to know really the whole dynamic of that student's life and so many other things, you, you know, going on and on about how leaders are invested in students. But that is a big frog that is multifaceted and takes a tremendous amount of time mm-hmm. that a lot of times gets neglected. Yeah. The multifaceted frog. Mm-hmm. The triple-headed frog. It burns more when it goes, <laughs> oh, scratches <laughs> more when it goes down. All I could think oh. about when you were talking about swallowing the live frog, which is, so since SLU 101, I think there may have been, it's like the fire hose of information, and I did not, in the fire hose, I think the Mark Twain quote got past me. And so I've always thought, that's interesting, but I get the concept. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Twain piece is, a, is an essential component. Yeah. But all I could think about is our friend Jeff Belcher that writes Bible Studies for Life who told me one time somebody uh, dared him to swallow a half of a pear. <laughs> no chewing, just swallow half a pear. <laughs> did he do it? He did it. But he said it was one of the most painful things he's ever done in his life. <laughs> Well, they're not smooth. Well, no, I guess they nor are, are they small. They're a little slick, but a half a pair. <laughs> <laughs> he could have died. Could have. <laughs> Easily. But that's Jeff, if you know Jeff. No, that's not true. Really I, have you ever swallowed a goldfish? No. I haven't either. Julie? I've never no way. Made a kid do it. No. Uh, no, I haven't. 
The only challenge that I've done is the gallon challenge of milk. That's the only thing I've tried to participate. Did you complete it? I did, but I did skim milk. So I kind of... Man, did the, I the pansy give you way. full credit. For <laughs> What's that three coming out? You put a task in. For, oh, I will not fail. I don't care what I have to do. It's happening. It's working. Man, oh. that is the problem is the what comes out. Yes, that's true. What did you throw in? up or were you able uh, to after keep it down? the hour? I was able to keep it down after the hour. There was many things coming it was bad oh. it was bad it was so not worth it the pride wasn't worth it what age bracket were you oh i was in stuff? college okay. yeah i was in college and yeah not thinking straight what would awesome. it take at a at a lifeway students camp oh what would it take for you to do it again <laughs> oh i would have to win Big cash <laughs> to do that, that again. That feeling is only. It was. It. I mean, I felt bad for like 24 hours afterwards. You know, like oh. if there was a special offering, like we did the missions offering, and oh, after like everybody gave oh, everything, God. and then we said, okay, if you've got a little extra, we're trying to reach a goal <laughs> to get Julie <laughs> to do the gallon. I mean, considering my husband's be. the missions pastor, I wouldn't have a choice at that point. I'm like, I got. I mean, I have to. So, have a choice. So, Y'all speak. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> missions and Brady, <laughs> y'all recently did mustaches for missions at your church. Oh, oh. yeah. And they were in our family photos. <laughs> they, so we it, had it our. Was. It, it I saw was. It was. It was fierce. Yeah. So we had our family photos already scheduled for November. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you're the mission. You definitely can't shave it because you're no, the missions true. pastor. That's you can't true. do so, uh, yeah, the hashtag that's been turned is Creepers for Christ. <laughs> so good. As How did you, uh, uh, did, did you like the mustache? I think Brady is super attractive at any point. And the mustache, I like facial hair. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't look as bad as some guys went for, like, the handlebars. That's a different yes, level of creepy. Too far. He I does have mind. a very refined. He does. <laughs> I mean, classy. Clean, yes. Very he makes it look <laughs> as good as it can look. That's it's not as bushy as a Tom Selleck's no. no, 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 no. No, hit Tom Selleck's is like full on squirrel upper lip. Well, it doesn't Different come level. down below the lip though, the Selleck. I think it's still very much Just manicured, right? A lot of volume there. Yeah, yeah. there's so much <laughs> there. there. Of, it's like a wall. Luminous. <laughs> like a So <laughs> one of the other things that I think about uh in tackling something difficult at the beginning of the year is evaluating your last year and making a list mm -hmm. of what I wish I would have done last year. Now, I'm going to draw a distinction here that I think is important in language for me. Uh, I don't know, listeners, if this is an important piece of language for you. This is not the what I should have done last year because uh, that is shame-inducing and can lead you to a not healthy place emotionally. And it you might be thinking, eh, it's just you're switching out one word for the other. But for me, it makes a huge difference. Maybe it does for some of you. But this is the what I wish I could have done list from last year. And so that's a process that if you do it right at the beginning of the year, there's some of those things that are going to be fresh. And there are some of those that you look at and you go, man, I really wish that that could have happened or would have happened. And then from there, you can swallow the frog. You can make a plan to mm -hmm. say, okay, either this is the reason why this didn't happen to the people that need to know about it, or 
I'm just going to put a structure in place for my life this year to make sure that those things do happen. Oh, that's good. Well, something that we're doing now as a LifeWay students team, I have a blank email draft in my email that I keep looking at that is the start, stop, and keep doing list that you've requested from me, <laughs> That's That's right. <laughs> that's still blank because it can be a hard exercise, mm-hmm. but it, it's helpful in identifying mm-hmm. the things that, you know, there are some things, I like what you said about framing that in a way that isn't shameful because there's no reason for you to, to feel shame over the things that you accomplished in your ministry last year. It is healthy, though, to say, okay, maybe I could have had mm-hmm. um, room to do some of these things if I had stopped doing some of these other things. Or maybe some of the things you start doing as a byproduct of starting to do those things, make room for you to be able to to do something else that is strategic and innovative. There was another thing that I thought about for this time of year and timely. Now this is, this could be a big goal or it may just be like something to have on the forefront of your mind. It's focusing big on your seniors because mm. they're going to be gone in May. No, so you I'll only have a them f- off. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Waste of time. <laughs> they're about to move into as far as they know, the biggest transition of their life so far. And so I think uh, making sure you have a a game plan of discipling them really well and pressing into them these last few months, I think it's going to be really important and a big, could be a very big goal for you to start working on. Mm -hmm. That is such a good point because I think what happens in a lot of places is what you joked about. They do get written off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, they start attending less. Mm -hmm. The Uh, itis. Mm -hmm. They They get the itis. They get the itis, and the itis makes them not want to come to church anymore or do anything that they've done for their whole life anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think part of it is, like, don't take it personally. It's not just church. They don't want to go to school anymore. They don't. Some of them, they're tired of the friends they've had since eighth grade. They all start breaking up. Yes. Yeah. Everybody, every, they, they've moved on in every part of their life. Mm-hmm. But your point is so strong. And like, this is the time to press through that stuff. Mm-hmm. That is a filter that I did not think through when thinking about seniors um, at Liberty in Virginia is how can I make my senior ministry different from the rest of the ministry to reflect how those students are wanting something different in general out Mm. of life and school and church ministry. It was often different just because it had to be. Right. But I didn't think about it in that way. Like they want different. So how can I provide different? Mm. So here, let me give you a, let me give you a practical and for everybody who, uh, this is an active conversation right now with me and uh, the church that I serve with and Kristen and I. So Kristen teaches 11th grade, and, uh, but this comment came out when she was teaching a group of 12th graders. Camp time was coming up, and it was we're talking to the seniors about come to camp. It's your last time. Pour in. Be an example. All those things, right? And so Kristen's talking about that, like, okay, like, why aren't you, why aren't you going? Like, just conversational stuff in her small group. Mm -hmm. And this girl said, I just really don't like being herded around. 
And so this is a, per- and I've never heard a student say that before. No. Mm. But as I've thought, and this happened a couple years ago, but as I've thought about that, that student ministry, we're going to design everything for you. We're going to herd you from place to place, meal to meal, activity to activity. For a senior who's getting ready to experience a lot more freedom and has a lot more freedom than they did when we were herding them around as an eighth grader, that could be something that's very off. It was for this girl. Yeah. Very off-putting. It's not that she hated church. It's not that she hated the student pastor. It just gave her a feeling that was like, this isn't for me anymore. Mm. I don't have a choice in any of this. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the conversation that we're having right now is what are some different things that we can do for seniors that help them experience a little bit more freedom That's good. around that idea of let's not herd them around mm. I like that. as much as we mm-hmm. used to. I don't know how it'll go. We'll see. But I think that girl's statement has really hit me hard mm. in a great way because it's something I never... It's a state of mind I never considered before in all of my years in student ministry. Yeah. And I don't think that means that all of a sudden, like, you know, your seniors aren't obligated to do anything the rest of the ministry is obligated to do. No. Sure. Um, Absolutely. but But it is such a great filter to think through how do we give, and not just, I think it's, we're quick to give them more responsibility, you know, like, you're going to lead these small groups now or whatever. Yeah. But we're not so quick to to attribute to them any kind of real maturity and a, a difference in, man, I feel like I'm kind of conflicting in the things that I'm saying, but a difference in their role in the student ministry. They do have a different role if they're leading the small group, but sometimes they're just seen as just a small group leader and not an emerging adult mm. that, has a you know a pretty fully formed worldview at this point mm-hmm. you know and strong opinions that want to be heard and expressed and made a part of the way that the student ministry is running yeah I really like I really like that thought process it's good and it came from like it didn't come from me it came from Kristen just in a casual conversation asking questions and I think you know maybe a student pastor as we can Mm-hmm. ask mm-hmm. a lot more questions, especially from those seniors. Like, what do you need in this last semester? Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some stuff that can be done. Did you, uh, did you know this, that uh, when swallowing a big mouthful of food, <laughs> a frog blinks its eyes, the blinking pushes the frog's huge eyeballs down on top of its mouth, helping to squeeze the food in its mouth into its throat. No. That's your frog fact of today. (laughs) Hey, if you're looking for more student ministry content, I would love for you to check out the new Student Ministry That Matters channel on YouTube. It was created to be a community where student pastors are encouraged in their calling and where we can grow together personally, professionally, and practically. I would love to hang out with you over there as well as on the podcast. So go check it out. That would be awesome. This has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time.